This is Faithful and Fruitful, a podcast for youth ministry and youth leaders. We're proudly brought to you by Taz Youth Convention and Vision 100. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to the Faithful and Fruitful podcast. You're with Marty and Mike. Thinking about the five trials of a youth leader, um, Mike, I, I dare say you've experienced some difficult times. Why is it difficult being a youth leader? Before we get into our five, uh, why do so many youth leaders give up and not want to do it again? What's going on? It's a, it's a long-term ministry. Uh, it's an intensive ministry. It's something that people care passionately about when they're involved in it, and so it has a it has a high attrition rate. You know, this is not one of our five, but it just occurred to me that most youth groups run either in an afternoon or an evening. Um, they're not the best times to be at your best. You know, you're tired, you've already had a long day, and then most of us have to get up the next day to do whatever else we're doing. It's, it's no wonder we find it difficult. We've called them the five trials of leadership. It's worth pointing out that ministry is difficult. And by very nature of it, we should consider that it's going to be difficult. Ministry is an act of service, an act of love. It's other person-centered. The first one that we wanted to talk about is the grind of being a youth leader. Mike, what are we talking about here? Uh, it's uh, it's long-term ministry, both over sort of the course of someone's youth, uh, if we say somewhere between grade seven and grade 12, so there's six years there, you break that down, you've got 40 odd weeks a year, you know, in non-school holiday time, you might have a camp, uh, you might have uh, things happening on a Sunday, so you've got all of these different things going on, uh, week after week after week after week after week, um, it can become a grind. Yeah. Um, and I think that is definitely a trial and it makes, um, again, youth leadership something that doesn't always fit for everybody at every stage of life and every yeah. uh, season of life because of what it costs. Because we talk about youth ministry being at its heart about discipleship. Discipleship takes time. Absolutely. The trial is that so many other people are doing their own thing on a Friday mm. night, Sunday afternoon. They're doing their own thing. They get to do what they want. They've got time, more time. And, and the youth leader has to set aside blocks of time. Um, and that doesn't include the time of preparation for a talk, running the game. So there's a lot of energy that goes into it. Absolutely. Yeah. A- any thoughts on how we might be able to kind of, what we do when we're feeling the grind of youth ministry? So I think there's a few things. I think one of the things we want to think about in youth leadership if you're heading up a youth ministry is to be um, thinking about how long people have been in youth ministry for and what are the plans like talking to people about that sometimes if people feel like they're trapped in the ministry (laughs) that can make it feel like even more of a grind and so do you have do you have some planned in spots where people can step off Um, i think that can be helpful so what you don't want is the sort of the pressure to build uh, and then it, it, it all sort of happened as a surprise and all of a sudden someone you've just sort of, they've gone through the grinder <laughs> and, they, and, they, and they just um, pull out uh, just sort of abruptly. But to be able to have people, you know, lock it in for, you know, a year at a time um, as a minimum, you know, or three years or, you know, the, the gold standard, I think, of youth ministry is to, is, is a six year stint yeah. like that, but that is the absolute gold standard. It's not even like I, in my years of youth ministry, like I know handfuls of people who have yeah. done it, yeah. um, who have taken a group right through from sort of grade seven through to grade 12. 
So I think having some built-in points where people can hop on and off, having clear expectations uh, can just help people to have some clarity and hope, if you will, um, in the midst of the grind. Right. And making sure you do things like, are we looking after our leaders well? Are we, you know, are we, are we working with the wider church in terms of the calendar and things that are happening where you don't go, well, we're going to have, you know, something on every school, like significant thing, every school holidays, it means yeah. the youth leaders are like, I do 10 weeks and then there's a bunch of church stuff in the holidays and 10 weeks and a bunch of church stuff in the holidays. Where are they actually going to have yeah. proper downtime? Yeah, that's right. And I do think the youth leaders that are able to go the distance long-term um, structure their time well. Mm. I remember a medical student coming to do youth ministry and in order for him to do that, he needed to know months in advance where our breaks were, where our camps were, and he would structure his own breaks mm. into his own time. And he went the long term. He went through his whole medical degree as a youth leader. Mm. That's pretty impressive. And I just say that to say that um, structure and organisation really helped. And I mm. think organisation is the friend of sustainability and being disorganised is the enemy. But, yeah. yeah, the second trial of a youth leader is comparison. What are we talking about here? Comparison. Yeah, one of the things that youth leadership does is it throws us generally into a team. Mm. Um, often a team of of our peers or close to our peers. And one of the things that can happen uh, is we start to look around, mm. uh, look at um, how other people are gifted, how other people execute their ministry. Uh, sometimes if we're leading youth ministries, we look around at other youth ministries and mm. we see um, what they're doing and, and how they're doing and how many people are going and um, that sort of thing. And that sort of comparison, um, I think, can be a danger. There's What we want is, I think, comparison can be the thief of joy if we start to say, well, why... Why am I not like that person? Yeah, yeah. Um, why did God not make me like this yeah. person? Why is the fruit of my ministry not the same as this person's? Now, having said that, looking at somebody going, they're, um, they're doing some really um, great, wise <laughs> ministry, um, and on reflection, I'm not. <laughs> um, that's, that's not a bad comparison to make and then to make some changes. The dangerous comparison, I think, is to is to just start to wish that we were sort of made and gifted by God in a way that we're not. Like, what can you do about that? Yeah. There's nothing to do about it. And so it, it, it takes our joy and it stops us, I think, from thinking about, okay, um, who am I? How has God made me? Where has God placed me? And so what what is the good that I can do right now? Yeah. Uh, to these people in front of me, you know, you don't need to look down the road at a youth group of 60 kids um, and be just wishing you were doing that. Like if you've got five kids who are coming to your youth group, like they're there in front of you and you're, you're there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't need to look at the person who, you know, all the kids think are the coolest person in the world or who, you know, just comes up with these awesome talks or whatever that are so, you know, you just go like, oh, I could sit, you know, you know I, maybe you've been like me, so like I've sat in things and heard people give sermons before and you're like, I feel like if I stared at this passage and looked at this passage for a million years, I never would have come up with that way of helpfully explaining mm, and applying mm, it. Mm. But now that this person has done it, that seems so obvious. <laughs> it's happened to me all the time mm, at Bible college. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, that can be, like if we need to think hard and, 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 and that's where I think one of the joys of the church is we're surrounded by people. We want to thank God for the gifts of the other people um, and surround ourselves with people who can help us to think about well, what are our gifts? Mm. How, what, how, are we, how are we made and how, how yeah. do we contribute to what God is doing in our youth ministries yeah. in, a, in a unique particular way? And yeah, because if we just, comparison will. Um, most of the time, just ro- yeah, rob us of our joy. Yeah, I know the parable. The parable of the talents is saying a lot of things and a few things. But one thing it helps me to think about is, um, it is God who assigned one person with five talents, another with two talents, and the other with one talent. And the guy with one talent uh, doesn't need to look across at the guy with five, going, "Look how much he's got." And what God is really saying is, "Do what you can with what I've given you," and uh, that's your story. And again, I find that. That language of this is your story. You're not living someone else's life. You're living the life that God has given you. So if it's one talent, fine. And um, use it and be fruitful with it and try not to uh, feel that you need more to be a better person somehow. Yeah. I have one story with that before we move on. Um, I took over a fairly, a very healthy youth ministry and, um, and, the youth lead, the youth kids, sorry, were getting to know, and the youth leaders were getting to know me a little bit. But we took them on a camp where there was a guest speaker. There were five thousand kids at this camp, and the speaker um, happened to be the previous youth pastor of the youth group that I took on. So he was speaking at this big conference, and the kids were just getting to know me. And then uh, some of them hadn't met that guy, and we came back from the camp, and one of the kids, he said. That speaker is the best I've ever heard. What's his name? Does he have podcasts? And I told him his name and one of the other kids in the bus yelled out, he used to be the youth pastor here. And that kid said, oh, seriously? In other words, I could have had him as a youth pastor and I've got Marty instead. (laughs) And uh, after I stopped crying, um, (laughs) I realized, yeah, that's gonna be tough for him, but I can't measure myself to this guy that can speak at conferences and yeah. I, I will say to anyone out there who has taken over leading a youth ministry, has come into a new um, place and has taken over the leadership, that almost exclusively across the board, um, you, you get that exact situation. People go, particularly usually the older youth, because mm. they, they were relationally connected yeah, to this exactly, previous person. Exactly. And like I've been... I've been on both sides of that. Mm-hmm. I've been like, I've been the new person, where it's like, you're not like, you don't do things the way the other guy used to do it. You know, it's not as good, you're mm-hmm. not, you know. And, th- and then I've been on the thing where I've moved moved on mm-hmm. or, and someone else has come in or I've moved into a different role so that, and it's, the older kid's like, oh, it's not the same. It's like, yeah, it's, we miss you. Yeah, it's, we, yeah, yeah. it's yeah, my, if my, my, my piece of partial advice is it's, it's, almost certainly not because you're doing a bad job. It's yeah. just that you're different and that's what they were used to yeah. and now it's different yeah. and it'll be okay. The younger kids who are there who you build a relationship with will be complaining about the next person when you go. Exactly. exactly. Our third trial uh, is people saying to us around the tra- around churches, when are you going to grow up and do proper ministry? The feeling, uh, the trial is that some people see youth ministry either as a stepping stone or as a lesser ministry. 
trial, yeah. experienced it, seen it. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I think there's sometimes a, a sort of an implicit sort of thought that youth ministry is maybe not as not as serious, not as significant, not as important, and that can I think that can just be a trial for for youth leaders who can sort of feel like I'm 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 in the grinder, I'm I'm. I'm, I'm chugging away, I'm spending all this time doing this thing, and people are asking me, like, oh, when are you gonna, you know, when are you gonna, when are you gonna move on? When are you gonna, are you gonna go and be, you know, I know you hear guys talk like, people asking, like, are you gonna go and be like a real assistant minister at some point? You know, are you gonna go and be, you know? And so, yeah, I don't think there's a whole heap to say about it other than you're doing very significant ministry. And I think one of the things that a lot of people who say that don't understand is particularly if you are leading a youth ministry, yeah. leading, a, leading a youth ministry is much more about leading leaders than it is about leading youth. Yeah, um, yeah youth, uh, talking to youth pastors, yeah. Um, you will hear people say, oh, it's time to step up. Yeah. What a silly thing to say. Yeah. Let's look at the stats. Where are more people becoming Christians in their life? It's in youth group. It's, it is a valuable ministry. Yeah. Who are leading our children? It's often well-trained youth who've come through a youth group, um, who've grown in the world, or in the word. Um, who is Jesus saying, let come to me, the, the children, right? right? Take that to be youth and children. Uh, there is nothing wrong with devoting your life to full-time youth ministry for the rest of your life. I have no problem with that whatsoever. Unless you're really bad at it, but that's for another uh, podcast. <laughs> um, you know, knowing when you should give up youth ministry might be a podcast. Yeah. About 90% of Christians become Christian before they're 21. Yeah. So in one sense, um, youth ministry, that, that, that kids, youth, young adults, I mean, that, that's where the action is. Yeah, exactly. Where is the war of faith being held? It's not on Facebook, it's in the high school. Yeah. Our kids need us to stand up for them and stand up with them and preach them the word boldly and truthfully. And yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Stand firm, folks. Okay. Trial number four. Oh, yeah, this is tough. The trial is the high attrition rate mm. of kids coming through youth group and kicking on in their faith for the rest of their lives. Even in youth ministries and churches that are doing those transitions really well, there's still a high attrition rate. Mm. Um, usually the churches that are doing well also are doing well at reaching their communities, mm. um, reaching youth who, who are unchurched or de-churched. And so they, their youth ministries are, have a bunch of kids, but even the ones that are doing you know uh, that transition really well and seeing a high percentage of kids transition and you know still following Jesus two, three, four, five, ten years after, they're not doing it at ninety nine percent. They're mm. you know they're probably not even lots of them. Well, yeah, not even eighty percent. Mm. Mm. But I think that's partly because of who youth ministry is <laughs> aimed at yeah. and about. It's youth. Yeah. Like I'm one of the biggest times in your like. Like you're really forming who you are mm. and what you think and who you're going to be. Um, what I say, like almost all of your music taste is locked in by 21. Like, right. um, because that's like partly it's physiological, like that's what's happening with our brains. Right. And so it's not surprising that one, kids are thinking about, well, who am I going to be? What am I going to do? And there's lots of off ramps. Mm. Mm. You finish high school. 
you finish uni, you you know, you get a job, you change a job, you move move out of home, you do this. Yeah. There's lots of off ramps, lots of times where you can where you can just go. Well, maybe I'm like the number of times you've had the like I'm 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 moving cities. Yep, I'm going to go and find a new church, and then you you know you sort of find out down the road like they never. And maybe visited a couple of yeah, churches and then off they go. So, so the attrition rate is hard, and as you say, you pour your heart and soul, and you and you genuinely love them. Yeah, yeah. And it reminds us that it's not it's not us, it's not our it's not our ministry. It's mm. it's God's ministry. Yeah, yeah. God who is um, calling people and saving people, um, and we want to work really hard at doing the transitions really yeah, well. Yeah. Um, because we, yeah, you know, it's not just we go. Well, yeah, well, God is sovereign, so hands off the wheel. We we have a responsibility for the outcomes. We want to work really hard, but despite that, as I say, even the churches that are working really hard and doing really well, and its attrition rate's still high. Still high, it's hard. Uh, Judas didn't kick on. Yeah. We we know. Um, With the heresy siren going off. <laughs> yeah, but but also, uh, I don't know if this is the place to say this or not, but. We don't want to get comfortable with people walking away from youth group and go, well, it's just, there is an attrition rate. Absolutely. I think, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to push back on what we're trying to do here. Talk about the trials. It is a trial. Mm. But also, let's not sit in mediocrity and go, well, they're leaving because that's what happens. Absolutely. One quick thing would be to go, like, make sure you're measuring it. Yeah. Like, make sure, make sure yeah. you've got a sense of who's in your youth ministry, who's finishing youth ministry, where they are yeah. one, two, three, five years exactly. after. The last one that we want to talk about is youth group kids are not your friends. Mm. So it's really hard to know where you stand, particularly if you're 19, 18, and you've now got to teach the Bible to people that you once sat <laughs> alongside, or you know you're only a year or two older, and you want to do right by them. Yeah, there's a very different dynamic that's going on in youth ministry that's not going on in ministry to adults. Mm. Um, the, there is, uh, of course, there is, um, when, whenever leadership involved, there is a power imbalance, but given the nature of youth and their age, there's, there's also that age power imbalance. And so the framework of the relationship, the dynamic of the relationships are very different than in, than in ministry to adults. And different again to ministry with children. Like the same, there's obviously the, the, the leadership power dynamics, the age power dynamics, but it's really obvious that the relationship is different, you know, the, the 19 to 20 year old and a, and a five year old are not mm. sort of, they're not peers in any sort of sense of the, you know. But the 16 year old and the 19 year old, you know, more, mm. more like peers. Um, and I, so I think, so there's that challenge. So that, that can be a trial as you, as you work through that, particularly if you've come out of the, that youth ministry and then you're back in it. And then secondly, I think even as you're older, the reality is that um, youth are youth. Mm. So they're often not into the things that you're into yeah. and their, their life is not like what your life is like. And um, they, the jokes they make aren't always funny and you know, some of the ways they act can be annoying. And like, because, not because they're wrong, it's just that they're youth and you're not. Mm. And so mm. you spend your time investing in building relationships with um, people who are like you're not trying to be their friend in in the sort of like we're going to be mates we're going to be buddies mm, mm. like that's not that's not what you're trying to do you're trying to have this discipling relationship with them 
you are pouring yourself out um, in that relationship and you, you shouldn't expect it to be like reciprocal. Mm. Like yeah. they're not they're not there to they're not there to be your friends. Like that's yeah. it's a slightly different track on it. I'd rather trial and there's probably something we can talk about another day. Like there's a big danger in starting to think these kids are my friends. friends. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the fact that a trial of youth ministry is you're spending a lot of time with a bunch of people who aren't your peers. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. hard. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking of Peter, the apostle, probably at Pentecost where he has to step up. Uh, people are saying to them, you guys are drunk, like what's mm. 10 in the morning? And I don't know if it's the first time, but in my mind, it's the first time he actually steps up and takes a leadership responsibility mm. around people who would have known him as my mate, the fisherman, or my nephew from down the, the road. Mm. He steps up and takes a leadership. It would have been quite hard for him on, mm. on the one hand. Um, people around him going, who are you to step up and make this authoritative statement mm. uh, on the other hand maybe others are a little bit jealous of how much time Jesus spent with him possibly um, I'm speculating here that's not in the scriptures at all but um, yeah yeah just um, but now he has to move into a leadership role where he was once just one of the yep. one of the gang um, mate um, a, a quick shout out to youth leaders in Tasmania mm. we've got Tas youth leaders training tilt coming up 17th of June. 17th of June. Um, so we just want to encourage you to be there. Um, I've seen some of the workshops. They look pretty good. Um, the one on evangelism in youth group is going to be a cracking workshop that I can be sure of. <laughs> Find us on Facebook, Taz Youth Convention, or online, tazyouthconvention.com.au. Yes. Good luck.